Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Redeemed and Restored podcast. Today, we are going to talk about what or who you are bowing to. And most of the time in our studies, we don't really talk about the devil much, but he is one of the main characters in this story. We're going to read about Jesus being tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And if you've read this story before, just open up your ears and your heart to learn something new, because no matter how many times you read a story out of this book, there's always something new to soak in. So let's hop to it. Okay, guys, let's start reading in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So notice that Jesus has not eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. First of all, I can't even go three hours without wanting a snack, so I could not imagine fasting for 40 whole days and 40 whole nights. It really puts things into perspective. How far would you let the Spirit lead you to be connected to God? How far would you go? When our goal is to be more like Jesus every day, it's important to remember how serious he was about his relationship with his Father. That's not the focus of today's study, but it's just something for you to think about. But after fasting for 40 days, our verse says that he was hungry afterward. Well, I'd say so. Um, I, was, I would use a little bit of a stronger word if I was writing this book, like starving or famished, but I didn't write the book. So the word hungry is all we get after the Bible is translated to English. But picture a full-grown man who hasn't eaten in 40 days. I know how Matthew is after a couple hours past his dinner time. Can someone say hangry? I could not imagine 40 days. So Jesus was starving, probably so hungry that he was sick. This was one of his weakest moments that's just compressed into one verse that says he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and afterward he was hungry. What a downplay that is. There's not many details, but all we know is really that he was weak, he was tired, and he was hungry. So then here comes the devil. Our verse says that he's the tempter. Notice that he showed up at Jesus's weakest. He waited until Jesus was so hungry for a bite of something, a bite of anything. And he shows up and says, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So he's teasing Jesus saying, come on, just take one bite of something. You can work miracles and turn this whole desert into your buffet. Just say the word if you really are the son of God. Have you ever wondered why when one thing happens in your life, everything else seems to go wrong too? It's like a ripple effect. One thing happens after the next, after the next. Why is that? It's because it's in your weakness that the devil tries to slip in. His thoughts are, I'll get them while they're down and tired and worn, and that's how I'm going to break them. He's sneaky. He thinks if he just keeps kicking us while we're down, then he can keep us there and we won't be able to get back up. So when you feel like you're pinned down and things just keep coming at you, don't give the devil the satisfaction of staying where you are. Don't make him happy by staying depressed, staying sad, staying angry, holding on to that grudge. Do not make him feel like he's winning. If our goal is to be more like Jesus, which it is, then read the red letters in this book. Read his exact words and copy his speech and copy his actions. And if we do that with this next verse we're about to read, we will know the secret of how to fight the devil back when he's holding us down to the ground. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus says, He answered and said, It is written, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So Jesus right there recited scripture to the devil. That's how he fought his battles. So that's how we are going to fight our battles, by memorizing scripture and spouting scripture off to the devil when he's coming at us. So that's another reason why it's so important to read our Bibles and memorize the scripture because it is our weapon. Is depression hitting you hard today? Say, it is written. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Psalm 9.9. Is anger taking a hold of you today? Say those three words. It is written. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Are you being put down or bullied at school? Say, it is written. For the Lord, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. 2 Timothy 1, 7. Are you crippled with fear today? Say, it is written. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Speak that scripture back to the devil. This is the true word of God and the devil is afraid of it. Speak it to him just like Jesus did. So let's pick back up in verse 5. It says, Then the devil taketh him into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. So notice there in that verse, the devil is speaking scripture too. So not only does Jesus know the scripture, but the devil knows the scripture as well. So um, watch out for that, um, because the devil believes in God too. (laughs) The devil knows that God is real, and the devil knows what the word of God says. In verse 7, Jesus said unto him, It is written again. So he's punching right back at him, saying, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and sheweth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So that last thing that the devil tempted Jesus with was, If you just bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. So he's wanting to make Jesus think that if he bows down to the devil, then he will have security, he will have safety, and he will have power. But Jesus knows that it would be a false sense of security, there would be no safety, and he would have useless power. So he spoke back to the devil, and he said, For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So let me ask you this question today, if you're listening to me. What are you bowing down to? You may not have had the devil right in front of you asking you to bow down to him, but have you ever had someone ask you to go against something that you believe in? I know I have, because when churches were allowed to open back up in Kentucky during the coronavirus pandemic, I was given the choice by my workplace to either go to church and not have a job, or have a job and not go to church. But I realized during that time that it's not my job that I worship. Sure, it gave me financial security, But true security only comes from God. 
So I left my job because I'm not going to stop worshiping my God and fellowshipping with my church for any job. It's not that important, you guys. Have you ever been tempted to do things you know aren't right to have security in a relationship or in a friend group? Have you done things you aren't proud of to attain social power at school or at your job? Have you changed yourself to fit in with people so that you feel safe and comfortable in your group? If you said yes to any of those questions, you need to back up and figure out who or what you are bowing down to. Are you bowing down to a certain person at school for safety and stability in a friend group? Are you bowing down to your generation for the sake of fitting in? Are you bowing down to your boss for financial stability? Are you bowing down to the world in order to rise in the world's standards? If you are, then you are lacking boldness and you are lacking faith today. All of the things you are trying to attain, power, authority, security, safety, none of those could ever come from the world. Just like the devil can never give the kingdoms of the world to Jesus. You could get a false sense of it, sure, but the only way you will feel secure and confident in yourself and the path that you're on is by serving the one and only God. So if you're bowing down to anything or anyone other than him, it's time to stand with boldness and come back to God. What about the things you're obsessed with, things that you like to do that end up being more important than church and your Bible studies? You are bowing down to that. So stand up, walk away for a while, and get your priorities in order. Like I said last week on the podcast, the things we feel important now mean nothing spiritually. This world is going to pass away, but heaven is eternal. So get to know Jesus now so that it's not awkward when you get there. We all know the awkwardness of meeting someone for the first time, whether it's a first date or meeting your teacher or boss for the first time. It's weird because you don't know that person. But think of the joy you feel when you reunite reunite with your best friend, someone who knows your heart and has been through everything with you. Do you want it to be awkward when you get to heaven because you don't have that close relationship with Jesus? Or do you want to run into his arms like he's that best friend you haven't seen in a long time? Don't make it awkward get to know him before you get there so you don't have that weird, awkward moment of, wait, you know, Jesus asking you, who are you again? What's your name again? Even though he knows your name. But if you don't talk to him on that daily basis, you know what he's going to say to you? His words are going to be, um, depart from me. I i don't know you. Because you didn't come to him and you didn't give your life to him and you didn't surrender to him. So there's going to be times when your faith is challenged When you have a decision in front of you, just like Jesus did, do I bow or do I stand against it? There's going to be new trends that come and go. Every day, it's more and more normal to have babies out of wedlock, to party it up on Saturday night, just to come into church on Sunday morning, to jump in and out of relationships like you're picking out a puppy. Every day, it's more normal for our peers to do these things, and it's accepted. This is our generation, and it's not getting any better. I want us young adults to be the ones who stand up who refuse to bow to these things, who refuse to be like the rest of the world, who let God tell us how to walk and how to live and not the world. We have to be bold in our faith. When I was faced with that decision to keep my job or keep my church, I handed in my keys and I said, I won't need these because I'm going to church on Sunday. Yes, I could have watched the service online, but you have to go with what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. I was called to be a youth leader and I could not do that by sitting at home watching church on my phone. So don't compromise your faith or your values for anyone or anything because it is okay to be different and to be bold and to stand up for what you believe in. Romans 12.2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So guys, prove what is good by living your life by God's standards, 
and not worrying about bowing down to anything but him. Thank you guys for hanging out with me again on the Redeemed and Restored podcast for episode three. And I hope you guys got something out of this message and are able to step back and see what or who you're bowing down to. And if it's not, if God isn't number one, the number one thing you're bowing down to, then I just pray that you're able to step back and reevaluate and get your priorities in order um, so that you can come back to God with your whole self and not just part of yourself. So I just pray over you guys today and um, I hope to see you guys on the next episode of the Redeemed and Restored podcast. Have a great week, guys.